Welcome everybody to another episode of my uh, podcast and today I am very, very fortunate to uh, have uh, the the time and the knowledge of uh, Anita Vizelli, who is the Global Head of Social Engagement and Advocacy at uh, Ericsson. And um, I think I saw Anita on LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn Live you were doing, I think with uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator and then we, uh, we connected and you've very kindly given up some of your time uh, to share through your uh, uh, your experience. So before we kind of get into your um, your article, which caught my eye for research backed tips to help you plan your 2021 social media strategy, can we give the audience a little bit of um, history, your background, kind of who you are, and, um, and uh, how you got to what you're doing? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Um, thank you for the introduction. So I, uh, I don't even remember how many years, and maybe I just don't want to say it, experience I have uh, across <laughs> marketing and communication. So um, uh, I started with PR and marketing, uh, demand generation, corporate relations, investor relations, so pretty much like you name it. Um, and I've been using social media ever since the beginning. Um, and there was one point at Ericsson, whenever we started to work with integrated marketing and social media or digital marketing was quite unique um, experience. And then I specialize on, uh, on social. Mm-hmm. So in my current role uh, in the past four years, I've been leading uh, with that super long title that I'm impressed that you could actually <laughs> pronounce it and say it. Uh, what it means or entitles to say that I have the holistic overview uh, from social listening to organic paid influencer marketing, employee advocacy, measurements, governance around social. So I really believe that, you know, social media is not and shouldn't be owned just by marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a bridge between external and internal comms. Yeah. And it has to be embedded to all parts of the organization from security to compliance, to talent acquisition, sales, PR, marketing. So, but and it's not just a channel and it needs to work with um, your websites, with the SEO strategy. So it's something that is really at the center um, and still so many people see it, you know, as, as a free tool. It's not free. And, and it's really hard sometimes to show people that how much work actually or thinking mm-hmm. just goes into one social post. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the work around it. Um, so that's my kind of like unique position that I think mm-hmm. really few have because usually social or some of these elements that I've said, they are siloed across the company. And that's when you cannot really integrate it or have the full impact. And, and you're responsible for the whole of Ericsson, so Ericsson globally as a, as a, as a brand. I mean, so that, that, yes. that's, no, that's, no, that's no small task, right? <laughs> in, in terms nope. of a company of that, um, that size. It's 180 countries and more than 100,000 employees. Wowzers. <laughs> I struggle with my five-year-old and our three-year-old. <laughs> you have that to deal with. Um, not sure which might be harder. So, with 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 that in mind, and it's you know, and I totally agree with you in terms of that that, that social and, and social media now is it has to be baked into everything that you do at, at a business level across across the organization, both to your point internally, you know, you see obviously Salesforce, the recent acquisition of Slack in terms of the direction that they're going, you see what Teams are now doing and Microsoft, I think Viva that they launched the other the other day and how they're trying yeah. to draw all of this to all of this together. And you know, it's interesting from my perspective watching w- watching what has happened over the last 12 months because of the pandemic 
has forced organisations to consider social media in a completely different perspective. So, I mean, everybody knows what's what's happened and what's what's gone on. But what what I'd be interested to understand from from your perspective and your experience, if an organisation is going right, we are where we are. This this is not going to change. How do I start to think about building this into? the culture of, of a business where do i start you you have your your four points that we've mentioned but let's flip it where where should people start what sort of things should they be uh, they be thinking about i think whenever it comes to employee advocacy uh i think you always have to start with the basics so mm-hmm. usually if if you believe that that's something and all i mean we have edelman trust barometer we have mm-hmm. all the research that it backs it up that uh, people are the most trusted source mm-hmm. and so many companies still focus on the corporate social media accounts that you know I have my own my little own and I own it and don't take it away from me but is that the most effective way to actually communicate and uh, engage not just broadcast mm-hmm. so I think first you need to build your case internally because if you don't have the buy-in for a pilot to show that what it can bring yeah. then it's 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 a constant hurdle uh, and then I think it's having an employee advocacy tool in place mm-hmm. that can help people because usually some of them are like over um, social that could be the young generation um, yeah. and that's when you need to guide them that mm-hmm. you know having photos of or sharing everything on Instagram just like mm-hmm. your lunch it doesn't necessarily the same in a company environment yeah those are things that you should you know this is your playground and mm-hmm. then you can play within <laughs> and that's the safe way and you have others who are just like so afraid of uh sharing that if they share this is it okay or is it not mm-hmm. uh they have the imposter syndrome like why anyone would care like what i have to say because what i know is like everyone knows yeah uh, and helping them through that stage so um at the first step like having that in place mm-hmm. and having just like you know suggested posts which is safe yeah. the content is safe and the post that can be stage number one mm-hmm. uh building out the training program that they can consume and it's like e-learnings or online trainings plus being there as a support um, is I think another element Uh, and I know that these are so easy to say but for us it also took years to get there Um, (laughs) and was that 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 training was that a combination of kind of in-person online e-learning the the kind of the hybrid model of, uh, of all of this exactly and now we are in a in an advanced level where we can see the data from our employee advocacy program and whenever we see that someone is inactive or an obese mm-hmm. then we can send them uh, specified e-learning modules that we yeah. think that you know these would help you okay and whenever they take the next stage then we can um send them an additional three to four yeah uh, and we also have like coaching sessions, we have kickstart programs, we have master classes. So we try to accommodate like all sorts of personas within our company. Yeah. Um, what is the content that is relevant for them? Because your sales teams need different content than marketing and comms. Yeah. Uh, your experts, a data scientist is not interested necessarily in hardware development. Right. So they need all sorts of content and you also need to cater for that. So I think it's start small and as you build, always show the results internally 
yeah. and then get more support because it's, it's impossible to do it as like one person or as a side job. That's yeah. how I started. Mm-hmm. And like for half a year, that was like, you know, my passion project. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fulfilling. No, it, it, it is. And it's certainly when, you know, when I work with clients, it's you see them come to life online. That, that's the beauty of it. And you see them come to life and go, oh, my God, I did this and that happened. Or this person yeah. connected with me or that business meeting was generated because of that. We just take just a slight step, slight step back because you, know, you, you and I get it. You know, we don't even need to be told the ROI and the proof of this because we just know it. We know it works. I mean, this in, in this whole conversation started through social through to you know a couple of weeks ago. We didn't even know each other. And here we are yeah. now having, having a conversation around all of that. But this is second nature to us. But how do you go around um, and maybe you had to do this? How do you go around proving something to someone who may not necessarily buy into the concept of social media, which is very intangible to start with? that this is actually something something good to do and you're going to have to kind of take a leap of faith to, to do this what what tips or what sort of things could you give to the the listeners that if someone is in your position that they want to go to their board or, or management team to go look i know you don't believe in this but we have to give this a go what sort of things should they be thinking about i mean i think the first step is that um you know have you googled yourself mm-hmm so whenever, uh, and that's usually like a quite shocking question. At first, like, why, why would I? You know, it's uh, whatever you find there, mm-hmm. that's what people think about you. Yeah. And maybe you don't Google yourself, but your customers will do. Uh, as, a, as a salesperson or anyone who's mm-hmm. setting up a, me- a meeting or you're yeah. going, the first thing you do is ch- you check their social media profiles. Mm-hmm. And that's the first impression that you have from them. And then the face-to-face is just going to be a second. So, And actually, we have the power to change that perception. How do you want to be perceived? Uh, do you know that as a, as a CEO, you are perceived as like grumpy and old? Uh, but you are not. And you want to yeah. change that, that you are a team player, you're open. That's your space and the most trusted source or platform where mm-hmm. you can change that. So I think that's uh, that's something that is like quite strong yeah. uh, and resonates mm-hmm. um, uh, with people. Uh, I think the other thing that you know is like I'm not on social media, and I think um, yesterday I was on, on Clubhouse uh, in a discussion about employee advocacy, yeah. and Daria Guzman uh, mm-hmm. from Mercer, yeah. uh, she had a really really great line that you know you might not know social media, but you are social because you're a human being. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and that's, that's the fight. That's the bit about the social network. Is it's, it's the network, and the social bit is 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 you, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the platforms change, and like, do you use emojis, or or how do you structure it? Do you tag people, or is it the best post? That comes with experience yeah. and learning by doing. But we, as human beings, we are social. So it's really stuck with me. So I'm going to steal it from her. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I think you know. Da- I, we, we, I know, I know, I know of Danielle in terms of you know her work at uh, at Mercer and you know Clubhouses. I think it could be a whole a whole separate podcast on that and where we think oh, yeah. that's going and uh, uh, and spaces and an interesting an interesting concept. So, so we've got them. We've got them. Okay, th- this is the first impression that we you, that you create, especially in this virtual environment that we're in now, where we can't have face for the most you know most part most of us around the world can't have face to face meetings conferences are going to be a thing of the past for the um for the foreseeable so the 
LinkedIn is the is is kind of the safe place for B two B. Of course, there are many platforms out there that you can use to um, to drive this. And I certainly saw an interesting change in behaviour on LinkedIn over the last twelve months. Went a little bit too close to the edge, I think, in terms of Facebook, and I think they're now trying to bring some you know some rules and changes to kind of just row back a um, row back a bit on uh, on that. How do you, so you get that absolutely from um, you know, the CEO salesperson front facing data scientists? <laughs> How do you encourage a data scientist that they should actually be? Um, I'm making a massive assumption here that I'm going to suggest they're more on the eye of the uh, Myers Briggs scale, so introverts rather than extroverts. That they should actually have a presence on on social media and be out there and doing things. Um. It's a good question because we also struggled with that one. But yeah. actually, they are on the internet. They are yeah. on social, mm -hmm. but they have their own little bubble. Yeah. And and of course, there are things that they consume. They don't necessarily engage, or they like to engage in like those geeky discussions. Yeah. So for them, building their presence, it doesn't necessarily needs to be as like for an executive. Yeah. Uh, but it should be about relationships. Mm -hmm. So that's when uh, the marriaging employee advocacy with influencer marketing yeah. and really pinpointing that you say like these are your peers or these people are actually influential in the topic that you could be interested in yeah. and you can geek out. Mm -hmm. That's where you get them. Interesting. So it's almost looking at that, that peer to peer um not pressure, but hey, this person is, is doing it and either you know you, you look up to them or what have you, therefore if they're doing it, it's okay and safe for you to do it. And you could then become part of their tribe is a word that sometimes we see out there on um, uh, on social and, and, and draw that thing. I'm glad you mentioned influencer marketing because I want to come to that in um, uh, in a minute because you always get eyebrow raises in the B2B, in the B2B world. Um, you touched on measurement and you know, for me, that is probably the, the amount of times I've had people say to me, prove it works. And I say, well, prove to me anything works. Because from my perspective, and I'm not dealing anywhere near the scale that, uh, that you are, it's all around attribution. So can you attribute a business conversation or an action or something that resulted because of something that you that you did that could be a cold call that could be an email campaign that could be paid what have you but in kind of the the, the organic social world of social selling if you want to call it uh, that or modern selling digital selling whatever it is how have you been able to kind of prove that the two years that you've been you know training and building this this behavior internally within the business is now actually translating into something whatever that something might be i think um Directing a social media post to a million dollar business, yeah. it's not something that we cracked yet. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's quite difficult to do it. First of right. all, the business model that Ericsson goes, we have our target audience is the telco operators. Yeah. And even from, from them, the top X percent is where 80% of the revenue comes. Yeah. So it's really the account-based marketing type of thing, understanding, mm -hmm. you know, the the, the buying committee, yeah. and and uh, so for sales is that one. I think that how you prove with employee advocacy, there are different things because for marketing, what you want to prove is uh, that uh, what is the percentage or the numbers that you drove traffic to .com or uh, even sign up. 
and our employee advocacy program, Team Ericsson, mm-hmm. is among the top five sources. That's awesome. So that's, you know, impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it for free? That's what they think. It's of course not for free <laughs> because tons of work goes there, just like the content curation, yeah. the platform, the e-learning module. So it's, it's, it's a huge amount of money that we spend there, but yeah. is it... Um, actually better and smarter than paid social campaigns in some ways yes they are Uh, another area what we are also looking at that is our executives or experts are connected to the right peers or influencers Mm -hmm. and whenever we see that where we started that you know some of our competitors were more connected than our people and I can see that how those bubbles are changing Mm -hmm. that's again a proof and everyone and usually uh, top management is quite competitive so they like to see that you know we are doing better or at least this is where we started so that's also a good buy-in that how do you compare to your competitors Um, and and for sales again are they connected actually to our customers Mm -hmm. and also showing that how that have changed compared to to other companies. How are we evolving? So sometimes I think those numbers are proving and I don't like to see, you know, just like a dashboard with all the numbers and KPIs because it doesn't give any context. Yeah. So of course we like, you know, the the social media team or the the experts, we look at those, Mm -hmm. but these are the really valuable ones that I can really show how we are progressing. And And I think they, they mean a lot. Indeed. And I think just to, um, for anybody that, that's listening, if we just take a, a step back to your comments around um, kind of pr- proving that this drove traffic to .com or, or signups, is that because you're, you're, you're tracking those posts that, that are driven through the employee advocacy tool that, that you have? So you can then work out from that corporate account or that person's account that led to X impressions, X click-throughs, X signups. Therefore, we know that channel's working versus that route we're getting nothing so something's not working over here so you do there does need to be some investment i guess in technology to support the ability to actually track this you can't just go hey everybody start sharing stuff on whatever the social media platform is and then manually ask everyone to go into their linkedin profiles or how many views have you had or yeah okay fine good uh, good good to uh, i mean that's not gonna work no, it's, it's not going to. It's not going to work, and it's also um, reassuring to hear you talk about that you don't just want to show uh, dashboards because sometimes I've been, you know, the the outsider in a meeting and marketing kind of give all these these numbers and management just sort of nods, going, "Oh, that sounds impressive." A million of this and two hundred thousand of that, and it's like. And, yeah, <laughs> and what, what does that actually mean in the in the cold light of day? Is that, is that a good number? Is that a bad yeah. number? Where is that leading to in terms of are we reducing our recruitment costs, for example, because we're getting more direct hires? Are we getting better brand visibility in a market that we weren't getting brand visibility and so on and, um, uh, uh, and so forth? How, I guess then also the fact that you, I think it was, did you say 100, and how many, 100 plus countries that you have to look after? Each country in its own, 180, crikey, each country in its own right is going to be unique in terms of subtleties of, you know, narrative, language, different social media platforms, again, different experiences as that. So 
how does one even begin to think about managing that? Or do you just let that cascade and that's dealt at a, a local level? I think first, first you start and you try to take different steps. So yep. first you try the one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And whenever you, you fix that one, that you have like a good content flow, um, that what people are engaging with, you understand it. You start to extend it. You start to onboard your business areas, market areas. Mm -hmm to buy into the concept of employee advocacy. Yeah. Um, what does it mean? Um, what successes they can see? Um, so first you do that advocacy internally and get yeah. the buy-in. Uh, sometimes it can take up to a year, you know, while everyone understands in such a big organization. Mm -hmm. But some of them will come with you. Uh, they, you can train them as champions yeah. um, to work on the same, uh, knowledge operations governance um that the global team that they are fully compliant and we are working as one team that mm -hmm. you are not creating you know 100 versions of the same employee advocacy program yeah. um so that is that are, that is uh the way to go uh and of course it, again just like with each maturity that first you start somewhere and then you have like all these hurdles. And then when you get to another stage, then you are facing different challenges, what you need to solve. So I think it's, we need to remember it's not gonna happen overnight right. and we really need to work as a team, but always find the people who are as passionate about it or they also see the future and they can help you um and then slowly i think all the others will understand and come whenever you can also show the results and in terms of that kind of compliance piece around um making sure that it, it's kind of the, the the one employee advocacy program rather than obviously i've i've been in global organizations where people have gone rogue and gone off on on, on a tangent is that and especially obviously an organization of of, of your size is that where the Team Ericsson concept comes in? That if you say Team Ericsson to any employee who's in, engaged with this, they know exactly what that means and what that stands for? I mean, it's uh, hashtag Team Ericsson serves two or three, maybe, um, uh, or is on the line for two or three concepts. Yeah. First of all, it's, it's one team. It's one Ericsson. Um, it's not the business area or the market area that I work with, I think it's like in big organizations, you know, you can have that inside out thinking. Yeah. But sometimes they also post externally that I belong to this and, and we have this competition, mm -hmm. but no one understands besides, you know, your own little bubble. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean anything to them. Second, uh, FTC compliance. So whenever um, uh, Ericsson always takes it super serious that whichever standard or compliance is the strongest or the more uh, the strictest mm -hmm. in the whole world we try to uh and, and we want to comply with those regulations yeah that makes sense, that the, makes sense. Uh, and uh, the ftc regulation says that if you're advocating on behalf of your company and you you need to have it needs to be clear that you work for that organization. So in, in our social media um, uh, and security group instruction, mm -hmm. this is why we also say that we, uh, you should identify yourself as an Ericsson employee, yep. but whenever you advocate or share any type of content that is related to Ericsson, that mm -hmm. you need to use a hashtag team Ericsson to be compliant. Okay. Uh, and uh, the third one, uh, the concept is, is really, you know, just for, for people that they can also engage with mm -hmm. and they can find content. Yeah. 
and, and for measurement purposes. I was, I was going to say absolutely in terms of I've encouraged some of the large organizations and the marketing team must just make up a hashtag that is unique to you so that at least you can see what's happening or not happening <laughs> in terms of people posting or not posting with your contact, especially on you know platforms like LinkedIn where their hashtag management is an absolute nightmare and hopefully they will <laughs> they will do something um, about that. I know they're building an audience engagement team out in San Francisco as, as, uh, as we <laughs> as we speak but uh you know little tips like that to think about just create a hashtag that you can you can then follow even if it's meaningless to the outside audience it means something to you and you can then um you, you can then track are you able to share any kind of sort of great sort of personal stories or from you know within team ericsson or some great success stories that somebody's done this thing and that that led to this cool thing happening i think it depends like how uh does it include, you know, any customer data or financial data? Um, success stories, as um, I think we have a few mm -hmm. that, um, and usually those are like new people who join Ericsson. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the latest great stories, what we were like super proud of, it was um, we have uh, our um, innovation awards. Mm -hmm. And there was a group of people who came with a really innovative idea and they won one of the challenges. And from that moment, uh, that person, he was still a student, he knew that he wanted to work for Ericsson. Yep. And he kept in touch with everyone. And finally, he could join the team. Uh, and, and it was just like, so, you know, along with the Ericsson values that yep. we appreciate. Uh, there was another person who um, uh, actually had to leave his own country uh, I believe it was Syria yep. and lives in the UK and struggled through uh, so many things and, and getting the university diploma and he also um, works for Ericsson now That's so some of those great stories yeah. you know that really is like heartfelt mm -hmm. um, those are of course really really more than welcome to, to, to share and we are so proud yeah absolutely and it's usually like what is okay and what is not okay. I think what what was not okay, it looked funny for the first time, you know, whenever we were uh, in the first lockdown, like a year ago, or that's when it started. And I saw, you know, some of the cool pictures uh, with one of our, our, our people in a bathtub and a laptop. <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> You know, I thought you were going to say because I was you know, lots of like here's my home office setup and somebody forgotten to like they got a picture of your computer there but in a safety it's just like are you serious you know <laughs> even if it's just for a prop or for a cool picture I mean a laptop is just like you know a hair dryer <laughs> you shouldn't have your laptop in there. <laughs> oh <dearie> me <laughs> I guess that I guess that is that is also the risk, right, with social media, is that people will go rogue, not necessarily intentionally. They'll, they'll, no, think, no. They'll, they'll, they'll think that they're trying to be a bit clever and it just doesn't quite land how they think it's going to um, to land. And I guess that that's that's part of the the nature of the beast that is this hyper-connected yeah. world that we, um, uh, that, that, that we live in. So, with that all in mind, that's been so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing your insights on that. Where, where's it all going? Where, where do you, where, you know, we are, as we mentioned, is that it is now evident every organization, well, if an organization hasn't woken up to the world of social media, they've 
better pretty damn quickly. Otherwise, they're going to become obsolete in the next, you know, foreseeable because of where, where we're at. But based on your your insight, your your knowledge, um, what you're seeing and hearing, you know, within within your world, possibly within work that Ericsson might be doing with your very, very clever data scientists, etc. Where do we think this is possibly going to go? I think it's uh, it's really about where, where we are going is, is really the personal connections. Because okay. I think so many companies, they might understand the power of employee advocacy, mm -hmm. but they still see it as an advertising, right. you know, that my employee is going to be my billboards. Yeah. And, and I don't think that that's the right way to do because we don't trust advertisement. Mm -hmm. We don't trust uh, those, you know, typical salespeople yeah. who, um, and what you trust is, is really genuine connections. When we mm -hmm. care about each other, when we can stand out mm -hmm. and um, we are, each of us are unique. We all have something to say, to add. Mm -hmm. So I think it's overcoming that imposter syndrome yeah. that why would it be me? Uh, finding connections today i was on 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 phone calls with two companies uh, after some of my um uh, webinars or, or linkedin lives that mm -hmm. how do we do it and it was a genuine discussion between two companies yeah. okay this is what i face yeah i also facing that one uh and it's not about that i do it better than they are mm -hmm. um maybe we are more advanced because of like the leadership buy-in yeah. but we have went through the same stages and we it's I don't say that you know we don't have any challenges right now and I'm living in Kenya and um <laughs> it's just not uh there are everyday real struggles so I think where it goes is is really focus on the employees because mm -hmm. your employees and your customers are the most important thing for all companies mm -hmm. and if you can enable and help uh your employees how to build their personal brand yeah hold their hands or or with uh e-learning modules mm -hmm. then first of all it helps the internal engagement they are more motivated they feel valued that's something they can learn and it's useful for them they can then take the next steps and be connected to customers and when customers also see the genuinity or that, okay, this is what I've been posting. They actually listened, mm -hmm. they understand me. Then you can also see real business results. So I think being humble, transparent and um, consistent is the way to go. Um, and, and that's what I think is that the, the future is. And I think that that kind of ties in with what we're seeing around, you know, the the what is referred to as the gig economy. The employers may be employing people that do more than one thing for them, or it's the flexible the flexible workforce. So it'll be ever more important that somebody remains connected and part of the the, the bigger purpose of what you what where the business is trying to um uh, trying to 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 go. And I always say to to, to leaders, I was like. You know, LinkedIn is a safe, easy place to be. It's just so easy for you. Just imagine the power if you liked, you know, a secretary's post or the janitor's post or someone in IT, just to like how much that means. That's not asking anything of you, really, just to yeah. you know, engage with, with, with that post and start to bring that 
that connectivity back because we can't walk the corridors, we can't have, you know, those. And in some situations, it just wouldn't be appropriate for leadership to be engaging with these people just because of the nature of how busy, um, how busy we, we, yeah. we are. And in terms of, I'm kind of fascinated as, as much by the, the channel, because the channel is the channel, right? Your, your audience dictates which channel you need to be on. But is the, is, is the content consumption itself? And you look at what's happening on TikTok. You look at what's happening with you know, Clubhouse and now Spaces and now Facebook, Kel Surprise is going to create their, their, their own one and probably someone else will create, um, create their, their own one. The next generation of employee coming through, I look, I, I, I'm on TikTok, so I've got to be on TikTok, so I've got to understand it. I, I accept the security risks, but you get the security risks on Facebook if, I, if, I'm, if, if, if I'm honest. Some of the, 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 this generation of, of, of employees coming through, they are, con, they are content creation machines in, in their own right. So I, for me, I think it's going to be an interesting challenge for an employer to have, keep that balance of the compliance piece, if you will, but not kill the creativity of th this generation that's coming through where this is just totally, it's almost like, why would you not be on social media? Why would, of course I'm going to, um, going to do this. And it's fascinating watching. I don't know, I don't know if you are on TikTok, but watching certainly in a B2C environment, how the corporate brands are now leveraging that 15 second, 60 second um, messaging, which is also an art in its own right, I believe. Yeah. Get your key points across in 15 seconds or 60 seconds that's, that, that's engaging. So what, what are you seeing in terms of the content evolution in, in the round in, in all of this? Are there an employee level? You mentioned around, you know, don't make sure you post a picture of yourself in the bath of the laptop or what you've had for breakfast because that's here. But we are kind of seeing that that shift and that blur, right, between business and, and home. Yeah. And I think it's like for, for a corporation, it's always about your target audience. Mm -hmm. So for Ericsson, um, our main target audience is not on TikTok. Yeah, agreed. So until and 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 they are not on Snapchat. So you know my Snapchat was new, and and I also received so many emails from different parts of the organization that, you know, this is the the hardest thing. Like why Ericsson is not there, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, who who do we sell to? <laughs> um, okay, are they on on Snapchat? No. Okay, so. Do you see the reason why we are not there? <laughs> That's the reason. Um, and, uh, you know, future employees, we also have segmentation. So we have like 10 different uh, target audiences, sub audiences yeah. that we really know that that's where we need to find our future talent. Mm -hmm. So we are again focusing that, okay, these are their personas. These are the, the this is where they are. That's yeah. where we are putting all of our efforts. Mm -hmm. uh, that's from a corporate side. And when you look at where people or employees are, I think, again, whenever you onboard them and having that first layer that, okay, this is our employee advocacy program. This is where you find corporate content. This is our social media and security group instruction. Mm -hmm. Plus here's an e-learning on uh, awareness just to make sure that you are aware of like GDPR and all the compliance that can be, take part to understand mm -hmm. and after that if you you know understood all these things creating content is just your right yeah. um you can also um help them go through that you know like whenever you're 16 or 17 it's just cool that you want to be on social 
But what we also when I was sixteen or seventeen. <laughs> no, but nowadays, or actually, you know, you're thirteen and you're on social. I know, it's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> but what is your objective? Yeah. Because I think as 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 uh, as you as we as people evolve, or your career, or we we get more mature, um, we just don't have as much time. Yeah. to spend on social or create that content. So you really need to focus on what is my objective? How do I want my personal brand to look like? Mm-hmm. What are the three key areas that I want to be known for? And actually I know them. Yeah. And that's the content because then it helps you to really be known for all of them. Yeah. Uh, it eases up searching for content and sharing it and also engaging so it saves time because whenever you know you grow up you're gonna have kids you have work um (laughs) you even get a dog yeah Uh, you might not have time you know to spend five hours on social media (laughs) i sometimes wish i would i'm tied away from it all (laughs) don't tell my wife that she's downstairs very grumpy at the moment um so uh, that that has been uh, we could talk about this for, for ages but I'm, i am conscious that you are a busy individual looking after hundreds of thousands of people in 180 countries so uh, the, the takeaways for me are if you're thinking about doing this get your leadership to google themselves and then what comes up might be scary but that's what people are, are finding uh, start small well rather so google yourself then prove the the uh if we do this and this 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 can then um happen Start small, build from there. Uh, technology, so employ advocacy tools to to support this. Then start to bring in the metrics and the and, and the wider piece to start to uh, to scale from there. And I think also what I've learned through your your two years into this, and you're still very much on the journey at Ericsson. Of course, I mean it's like you know there's there's always something that you can do better. The, the our lives are evolving, technology evolves, new social media platforms are coming in. Now with the lockdown, uh, since you referred to, to my latest article that actually collects studies that how people behavior changed, yeah. you know, in the past year, you need to take all of those into consideration. Uh, so there's, I don't say that, you know, there's the, uh, how we work is gonna, wow. there's the end. Yeah. It, you just need to keep on, on adapting and evolving and, and trying to do um, and, and get the best out of it. Perfect. Awesome. Um, thank you so much, Anita. I really, really appreciate your uh, your time this, after, the, this afternoon. Um, where can people find you if they want to maybe follow up with you after they've listened to this? Shall I point them to your, your LinkedIn profile as a, as a good starting point? Yep. Uh, I use my own real name <laughs> on all <laughs> yeah. the platforms. <laughs> I will. Um, I'll put a link to your your LinkedIn profile, and also your your Twitter profile, and also that article where you um, put loads of really helpful resource uh, resource in there to talk about your your beliefs of where where it's going towards in 2021 and what people should be talking about, which builds more on our our discussion today. But Anissa, thank you, uh, thank you so much. I uh, I do appreciate it. And um, to all um, the, my viewers, I mean, it sounds grand, my viewers, hello on, on YouTube, all 189 of my subscribers, um, thank you. Uh, and everybody listening in the ether, wherever you may be, again, I always appreciate your, uh, your time and attention to, uh, to these. You know what to do. If you want to be on it, you know where to find me. If you want to recommend people to be on it. But otherwise, wherever you are in the world, stay safe. And no doubt we will all see each other in the near future. Anita, thank you. Thank you.